This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig, and I'm back at the home office of Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas, and I'm back with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Good morning. We were uh, just uh, talking this morning about, uh, you know, we, when we do these podcasts, we, we just pray about what's on our heart and what God's showing us and different people He's putting in our lives. And we just, just to continue, want to give you guys a snapshot of what we're seeing. And uh, sometimes God downloads some things to Rocky, and uh, I, He gets to share those with me here in the office. But I, I always tell Him that we need to share with everybody else. And so today's one of those examples of uh, a topic that, was, that came out of... Uh, Kind of an epiphany Rocky had, uh, maybe even this morning, I think it was. And uh, you guys who've been through the journey out there, guys and gals, would know uh, there's a part in the early part of the journey where we talk about the difference between justice and mercy and grace and how important it is for, for us to understand that and how God deals with us. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that, but not only how God deals with us, but how we extend that to other people. Mm-hmm. And so, so Rocky, why don't you just dive in and, and kind of unpack the thought that God put on your heart this morning? Well, I will. Thank you, um, Ryan. And uh, I think that it would be good to get a, a brief description of justice, mercy, and grace. Okay. And I think that uh, we could say it like this, justice is getting what we deserve. Mm-hmm. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And grace is getting something that we don't deserve. And so if we apply that little thought process to the way we grid it out and, and, and process through that, we have to ask the question, and that is, you know, we oftentimes want justice. We want justice to be served. We want people to treat us in a just manner, and we want them, we want to treat them in a just manner, maybe, but we want them to be just to us, right? And I think that that's where we get real critical about people because they're unfair and they they're they've done something wrong and we don't deserve this. You know how that works, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a question that the Lord uh, tends toward asking me, and that is about forgiveness, as an example. Uh, you know, there's a scripture that talks about that that it, you've got to forgive others, uh, or your your sins won't be forgiven. And so you have to battle through that all the time, and that is. Uh, Will I look at other people the way that Christ looks at me? And so here's a rule. Uh, Do we really want him to give us justice? Because if he gave me justice for all the things that I deserve, I would not get heaven. I would not get redemption. I would wind up going to hell because I deserve that, because I'm imperfect, I'm flawed. Uh, I have no hope based on a just system. And that's, that's probably the greatest message that was given in contrast to that legalism that, that Jesus faced when he came into this world and he was teaching the gospel, a gospel of grace. And, uh, and so bottom line is that we're, we're looking at this uh, possibly thinking that we are to receive grace by God, unconditional favor, but we demand justice of other people. And 
that's where I think that the Lord is speaking to me and said, saying to me that, no, well, you've got to deal with this differently. Now, there's this thing of mercy, Brian. Uh, I think about uh, what the, uh, the Lord said about David. He said, you are a man after my own heart. And as ruthless as David was from the standpoint of being a warrior, being a man of blood, he was also a merciful guy. Uh, in fact, uh, Saul's uh, remaining heir uh, lived out in the country, and, and, and back then when when a uh, king would take over uh, the, the kingdom, they would always slaughter the family members because they didn't want any challenges to the throne. That was just the tradition. That's the way it worked. But there was a guy that was lame, actually, that was Saul's son. And uh, David uh, said, bring him to me. And he brought him to him, and he says, and I will restore to you all the land that was Saul's, and then you will eat at my table. He showed him mercy. What did he show him? He, he didn't give him what he deserved. He gave him something better. Mm. Uh, he gave him uh, forgiveness. He gave him uh, a free pass, so to speak. But going the extra mile, David said, but no, I won't just not kill you. What I'll do is that I'll bless you and I'll give you more. And he demonstrated grace in that situation, giving this man something he didn't deserve. Mm -hmm. As I began to process through all of these things, I came to understand uh, more and more about grace and more and more about mercy and more and more about justice, just trying to process it through my life. And I came to this scripture uh, a day or two ago, and it said this, uh, it says in uh, Ephesians 3, verse 1, starting that, it says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you, Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Now, I want to, I want to emphasize this. If I could put it on the board, it, which I can't do because people can't see it, I'd underscore it, I'd boldface it, I would put it in italics. I would just make sure that you would see these words, the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. So, Brian, we discussed what grace is, right? Uh, we'll, we'll return to that in a minute because I think about God's grace to me, it's pretty inclusive. It, 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 there's a lot of things there, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But let's talk about the word stewardship. Mm. So what do you think of when you think of a steward and stewardship? I think of somebody that's been entrusted something, you know, a great responsibility, right. and, and they're in charge of that, and they have to be responsible for someone else, something that's not their own, that someone's entrusted to them. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, and generally it's, uh, you know, somebody in authority, somebody has ownership of something, and they're trusting you to be a good steward of it. Mm -hmm. uh, now, if we take some of the, uh, the culture back in the day of, when Jesus was there and they were, they were thinking of a steward, he was talking uh, about people that were overseers of property owners. 
uh, and there was the story of the talents that were given to the servants. I think that there were three servants that were given. One was given more, the, the second one about in the, mid, in the middle, and then the last one was given one talent. And, and so the property owner says, now go and invest that because I'm going on a trip. So now they were a steward of his money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, and so what you do is you see the, the, the three men and their perspectives about what they were doing with the property of the owner. Uh, one it would invest it wisely, two, actually two of them invested wisely and had a great return. But the other one buried it. And as a result, uh, when the, the owner came back and won an accounting of it, he found that the other two were faithful servants. They were faithful stewards of what had been invested in them. They invested it in things that not only brought a profit, but it was also probably in things that that particular landowner would want to invest in. If he owned uh, vineyards, then then they might would have invested in more vineyards. They might have invested in uh, apparatuses for making uh, wine and presses and all the other things that go along with what was in the center of his heart. But the one that buried it basically wasted the opportunity. He didn't even draw interest on it. And so he was basically uh, he was, uh, you know, rebuked for it. Uh, what it was taken from him, it was given to the other people to take it and reinvest it. So what is the story we have here about stewardship? It's about reinvesting that which has been given to us. Is that correct? Right. All right, so now let's talk about what Paul said. He said the stewardship of grace that had been given to him for you. In other words, for those people he's talking to, and specifically the Gentiles. The grace that was given to him was to be reinvested in them. Now let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. So if we're trying to reinvest the grace that's given to us, then we need to understand what that grace looks like, don't we? Mm-hmm. So why don't you give me your point of view about the grace that's been given to you? Mm. Well, I think of, I just think of just all the forgiving my sins, you know, for giving me a hope and a future, things that I didn't deserve, like you said earlier, you know, thing. um when I'm stumbling, he's just so gracious with me, you know, and he'll bring me, he'll nurture me back on the right path. Um, he's he's blessed me in ways that that uh, you know I used to think I was earning everything, but mm-hmm. I'm realizing a lot of times he's just blessing me because he loves me. You know, mm-hmm. there, it's not anything I've done to perform for it or earn it. He just does it because he loves me. Right. You know, just lots of things that just encapsulate why I follow Jesus. You yeah. know, why I, why I'm indebted. I feel I'm indebted to him for life because yeah. of all that he's done for me that I didn't deserve. Everything that's just been grace that uh, and, and and love and unmerited favor and all, all those things. Mm-hmm. Now, we tend toward thinking grace is all sweet and good, don't we? Yeah. 
But sometimes grace is wrapped up in something that is kind of a plain package or maybe even a painful package. Mm, True. You you remember the scripture about the thorn in the flesh? Right. What do you remember about that? Uh, Well, he had some pain in his life, some thorn, something that was agitating him. And uh, he asked, prayed three times for God to remove it, and he wouldn't remove it. And then there's the famous verse that the Lord spoke to him and said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. That's right. Okay, so here we have grace now being applied to a painful situation. Mm. And that grace kept that pain there. Now, that's... Seems to be ironic, doesn't it? Mm. If we think that grace is all about sweet and good things from God, it has to be all like approved by us, we're missing a point. Mm. Because sometimes God's grace graciously boxes us in from making bad decisions because we have too much freedom. Mm. Sometimes we uh, might go astray. You know, I, I believe that I would probably be a person that would might go astray if I had too much money. I believe that I could have gotten to a point that if I had so much so much riches that I wouldn't be dependent on God. I'd be dependent on those riches and I would lose my heart and I would never understand what it means to be cared for and loved and nurtured by my shepherd who feeds me according to his uh, desires mm-hmm. rather than mine. He has given me a a diet that requires dependency on him. And I'm afraid that if he just poured all this money on me and me say God gave me his grace, well, that wouldn't be grace. That might re- lead me astray. You, you see where I'm going with it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that thorn in the flesh is God's grace. Uh, and sometimes we get a thorn in the flesh by God's grace. Uh, it's something greater that, that's going to be found as a result of that thorn that emerges uh, from that painful condition. And it's God's grace to let us experience that. In Paul's case, what was it? He said, my power is perfected in your weakness, Paul. That's what God said to him. Hmm. And when he says, my grace is sufficient, he was saying, hey, you got the best heaven has to offer. Grace means everything. Grace means all sufficiency. Grace means everything you need at any point. I'll take care of it. You can be rest assured. I'll get you through this life. I will bless you. Now, some people say, well, wait a minute now. Paul wound up with prison for much of his life. Mm-hmm. Now, was that God's grace? Well, let's think about it. We've got, uh, let me see, we've got Ephesians, we've got Philippians, we've got uh, Philemon, uh, maybe Colossians, that are all letters that were written, and Philippians, I think I said, all letters written from prison. Mm. Is that grace? It's grace to me. Mm-hmm. When I read those letters that Paul was forced to write because he could communicate no other way. Do you see the grand scheme of things here? Mm. We're not here. Grace is not just here to give us an easy life. Grace is here to enable us to serve our king Mm. in a greater way. Now we get to understand what it means to be a steward of that grace. Mm. 
Now, I believe this about what God has done in grace in me. All the good things that I have gotten from God have come. All the good things I have in life have come from God. I know that. All the good things. But not all the good things were wrapped in uh, the best packages. Because uh, I had to have some painful surgeries and uh, painful years of a broken, broken leg. But I know during that time, God downloaded to me uh, more than I could have ever gotten otherwise. It, it just opened the door. It opened the gates of heaven just to flow out stuff to me because I was very receptive. His voice was very loud to me. And it, it was his grace that allowed me to be put in a condition that I could hear him. Hmm. And so I'm a steward of that. This is where God says, now be a steward of what I've given to you. Now, this is one thing that I get a little bit perturbed about, and you know that, and that is I'm 73 years old, and I look at other men my age, and I see a, an abundance of wisdom and time, and I see how they've walked through life knowing Christ, and they've served in their churches, and they've served in leadership uh, positions and various other things, but then they get to this point in life and they say, well, I'm done. You know, I've done all of that now. I've served there. Now I'm going to spend the rest of my life in my leisure. I'm going to enjoy my travel. I'm going to enjoy the things I want that I never could have before because now I've got time. And I don't think they're good stewards of God's grace. I really don't. I see a spiritual condition that makes me think that they're drying up inside out. Because I think to be a steward of God's grace is to reach back to the generations behind us, to those men and their families that are behind us, the ones in the 60s and the 50s and the 40s and the 30s and the 20s. We reach back to them and we draw them to Christ through the perspective he's given us in these years that we've been walking with him. A stewardship of God's grace is that we're a steward of the time of life we have. Now, you're a, a, a young man with a young family, uh, and I don't have family at home. I have grandchildren, but you have to be a steward of God's grace to your wife by the way you love her, don't you? That's right. Isn't that what it means that we love our Wives like Christ love the church. Mm -hmm. Isn't that grace? Isn't the prodigal father the way he loved his son who went way off out of, out of bounds and then came back? Was that not a, a father giving grace to a son who did not deserve it? Mm. He deserved justice, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, at best, he could have said to him, well, go back there you can serve with my servants like you asked but you'll never be my son again that would have been mercy but the prodigal fathers put the coat around him and said you are my son bring the ring slaughter the the fatted calf we're going to have a feast because my son was lost and now he's come on mm. grace mm. We are to be stewards of our time of life. We're to be stewards of the experiences that God's given us. 
we're be stewards of the love that God's given us, the forgiveness that God's given us, and the way we do it is we do it to others, and that's what Paul was saying. Mm. You think that ties into? You know, God's always saying, love others, you know, love me and love others, you know, and then and then Jesus, even in the abiding uh, chapter in John 15, he says, this is my command. You know, if you, if you obey my command, you'll abide in my love. And he says, this is my command, love each other. <laughs> so there's always this kind of, it's got to always find an outlet. You know, yeah. anything God's given us, it's got to have an outlet. It's never meant, I, I always say that uh, your story where we, it works its way, its way to the journey to the inner chamber the story doesn't end when the door's shut. No. The door's open back up, and he kicks him out and says, now go yeah. help others. We're always discharged to go help others, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, again, that how do we help them? You know, I think that we tend towards, uh, as men, we think we're fixers, right? And we try to be fixers, but we're not fixers. We never fix people. What we do is we help them get fixed. We take them to the place that they can get fixed. We, we take them to the place that we were fixed mm. or where, where we're being fixed. It's the throne of grace. You know, it's all about him. It's all about him. And one of the shameful things is that when we can receive this grace, but we bottle it up, that we won't, we won't let it flow. Mm. And when we do that, we dry ourselves up. We become like a cistern that's just old dirty, chalky water. All it does is hold our water, and we don't get that fresh flow of living water coming through our life all the time. Because we, we box it up, we dam it up, but if we break that down, if we'll be a steward of God's grace to us, and we start giving it out to other people by the way we treat them and the way we love them, the way we lift them up, way we use our time of life to reinvest into them acts of love and service it flows more grace through us and it keeps coming into us more and more and the more we give it away the more we get it it becomes a flow of living water through our life do you see the scriptures that Jesus was talking about when he says you will become that spring of living water others he was giving us that picture. Well, and I'm, I'm thinking of, so how, what does the accuser do to try to bottle that up, to, to plug up that, that flow? I mean, it, stuff like, well, now they're going to take advantage of you yeah. if you show them too much grace. Or, right. well, now, wait a minute. How's that going to be good for them? you got to be tough with them, you know. Yeah. You know, you got to be strong, you know, or they're going to, you know, they're never going to learn their lesson. Yeah. You think of all those things that we, we hear in our heads. That's a, a really good question. And let's point it out, the things we hear in our head. Mm-hmm. And then we start applying a measure of justice, mm-hmm. don't we? Yeah. What they deserve. Don't give them what they deserve. Now, the Lord is saying to me lately, uh, because I hear those voices a lot, because <laughs> I think it, it has a lot to do with the uh, accuser, but he also goes back to your weak spot all the time. And, you know, maybe you can escape it. Maybe maybe you have to fight it the rest of your life. Maybe that's the thorn in the flesh. Mm-hmm. But lately, you know, the Lord has given me the word mercy. And uh, it's just mercy. 
And for some reason or other, the word mercy just stood out to me. I just journaled on mercy. Well, why? I mean, what is mercy? Well, not getting what I deserve. Okay. Well, how do I apply mercy to people? Well, let's talk about friendships. Let's say a friend insults you. Justice would demand you insult them back, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. But mercy would say, don't give them what they deserve. Don't do that. So it becomes a check, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. So uh, then we can apply that. We can apply that to people that we think about. We think about memories. I have memories of people that insulted me when I was a kid. And, you know, they surface. Do you ever have that? Oh, yeah. It's not just me, huh? No. Nope. Think there's anybody else out here that feels the same way? <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> yeah. And so here's what the Lord said. It says, play the mercy rule here, son. So I just think about that person, and I just say, mercy. Let it go. Let it go. Just let it go. Mercy. And so I have found a way to battle, take captive those thoughts that come at us. I've, the Lord has shown me, play the mercy rule. Whenever the thought comes up or the person comes up, just simply whisper the word mercy. Mm-hmm. And I know what it means and you know what it means is that don't, don't react, don't act in kind, um, live and operate with the dignity as my son. And I'm telling you, man, it just uh, it helps you with that spiritual warfare. Helps, it has helped me a lot. Mm. Isn't mercy one of the spiritual gifts? Well, let's see. What does it say? Love, joy, peace. Well, it's uh, it's, fruit of spirit. Bl- it's blended into that fruit oh, of the spirit. Oh, the gifts of spirit. The gifts yeah, of spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. The gift of mercy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, some people maybe it comes natural more than others, but mm-hmm. doesn't let us, the rest of us off the hook if we don't have it. Well, no, uh, there are certain, if you want to get into the spiritual gifts, you know, you have roles uh, that we all do. Mm-hmm. Then you have gifts that are empowered to do it in a supernatural way. So we all have uh, a role to have faith, don't we? We have to believe, we have to have faith, but some people have a, a depth of faith that is uh, greater than some. I think you have that gift. Mm-hmm. Um, some people have the. We, we're all told to give to be good stewards financially of the resources we have. Right? Mm-hmm. Some people have the gift of giving, and they give hilariously. They give. They, they sacrifice to give. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there there's some things we not let off on the hook, and mercy is one of them. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the merciful. Mm-hmm. Right. One of the beatitudes. Right. That's right. And mercy is, a, is not only a gift to us, but it's also a gift that we can give forward. Mm. We can pay it forward. And like most of those things, when we give away something like that, we get it back. Mm. Lord favors us. It's like he says, way to go, kid. You're right there now. Your heart's right. Mm. Keep doing that. 
You know, we have a, we have a hospital here, Mercy Hospital, and I, I, I volunteer over there occasionally, and I learned yeah. the history of it was started by Sister Catherine, yeah. who started the Sisters of Mercy back in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And she just had a heart for the sick and the disadvantaged, and she'd go bring them food and clothing and took care of them, and it started a movement. You know, now right. now there's a hospital chain named after it. But I jokingly call, try to call myself a brother of mercy <laughs> when, when I volunteer. But I think, you know, as influencers, I think we should be brothers of mercy. I well, think out there. We should that's we should be the take the lead in showing mercy. Yeah, well, you do take the lead. You know, personally, I know you, and I know that you and you might have that gift too. <laughs> Comes easy, <laughs> but uh, no, I think that you you sacrificially do that, and and I find that interesting. You talking about Sister Catherine because here was a woman who seized the moment, didn't she? Was it not? Was was she not a steward of the grace given to her? Mm, absolutely. And then, as a steward, what she did, she reinvested that, did she not? And it's continued to produce a crop, has it not? Mm. And we're seeing it today. Yeah, that's right. So that's the way it works. Is that when we're a steward of the spiritual gifts that we have, we're we're stewards of the grace that's been given to us. Which, by the way, that's. The spiritual gifts are called grace gifts. Did you know that? Mm. That's the charisma is spiritual gift. And uh, and so uh, we're stewards of spiritual gifts. We're stewards of the fruit of the Spirit. We're stewards of our relationship with Him. Mm. We reinvest it just like those wise servants did. We reinvest what's been given to us. And if we do it right, then we can go now to John 15 where he says this, and I want you to bear a fruit, a fruit that will remain. Mm. In other words, a fruit that will continue to reproduce long after we're gone. Mm. Now, Sister Catherine, that's happening, right? Mm. But it's going to happen with all of us who are willing to abide in Christ and embrace the stewardship of the grace that he's given us and give it to others. Mm. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, I think your time is up, Rocky. Thank you so much for for sharing that with us. And I and I know I was inspired and I know people out there will be as well. So so all of you out there, uh, y'all, you influencers out there, just uh, we just encourage you to think about these things and uh, share share the things you're learning with other people around you. Pour pour out the things you're learning into those around you. You all are given a sphere of influence. And uh, if you want to uh, learn more about the podcast and, and hear other topics, you can go to our our website, www.influencers.org, and go to resources and then podcast, and you'll see our library of, of different talks that we've had. So I'm Brian Craig, and this has been the Influencers Network Podcast, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. May God bless you. me mm-hmm.